you're called forth to flourish like the tallest redwood tree and you know it. So it's time to just make more space for that. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek, that is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I wanna help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Jiminy's, maker of sustainable dog food made with cricket protein. Cricket protein is a superfood, delicious, nutritious, sustainable, humane, and prebiotic. To learn more and save 20% on your first purchase, go to Jiminy's.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob20 at checkout. Also, thanks to Whey. Don't let cold weather leave your locks dry and brittle. Whey leave-in conditioner is your hydration hero, so say goodbye to frizz and tangles. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code DREAMJOB to get 15% off your entire purchase. And thanks to Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that empowers you to accomplish real growth with real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash DREAMJOB and get a one-month free trial of premium membership. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed Halloween. We took the kids and it was beautiful. They did about 45 minutes of trick-or-treating and it just hit the spot. I wanted to let you know that this coming week, I'm doing a really cool pop-up workshop. It's called The Happiness Habit. And I am so excited about this because truly I feel like, what do we all really want? We want to be happy. Why do you want a job that's more fulfilling? You want to be happier. Why do you want to feel successful? Why do you want a great relationship? Because really you're chasing the pursuit of happiness. And there's so much that I've learned that we, we do to like overcomplicate this whole quest for happiness when really it's available. And I want to talk to you about how you can really find a elevated state every single day. And you can really find a feeling of satisfaction in your heart. And what's amazing is that when you do, the abundance you're looking for, oh my gosh, that really starts to come much faster, right? Because when we are truly tuned in and when we are vibrating, and resonating with something that just feels so much more expansive. It's, it's amazing how we have a different kind of awareness. It's amazing the kinds of opportunities that come. It's amazing the ideas and the thoughts that come to us. So I want to talk about happiness and I want to talk about what are the essentials and what is sort of that habit that you can get into that could completely change your life. So this is going to be happening this Thursday 
10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us, you can go to kathyheller.com slash happy and grab your seat. It's only $18, but we're going to be getting into some really good stuff. And I think you're going to discover how just a shift in your energy can really lead to such a richly rewarding life on so many levels. And today in this episode, you're going to hear me talking about how do we get to $5,000 months, right? What are the five steps to $5,000 months? How do we get to a place where we're making that $5,000 easily from our business so that once we have that, we can scale to 10,000, 20 and beyond. This episode is going to cover some crucial pieces that need to be in place if we want to welcome in more of that steady stream of income. And then there's going to be a part two of this episode coming out very soon. So we're going to start with some of the beliefs around money, and then we're going to get into some of the more strategic pieces as well. I will be sharing part two soon, as I said, so make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, and you'll be getting that second part soon. All right, let's dive in and take a listen. So let's dive in. We're going to talk about what are five steps, like five solid steps to making money, okay? To making $5,000. And I like $5,000 because I do think that that can be like the very next step for you. And once you're at a place where you're making $5,000, you now have proof of concept, not just in what it is that you're selling, but you have a sense of confidence in how you're selling. Selling is communication. You've started to get a sense of like how you're communicating your message, which means at that point, we could definitely scale that 5,000 to 25,000. And wouldn't it feel great to make $25,000 a month? Let's call that in. How fun would that be? How nice would that feel? What would change about your life if you could do that? It would probably be significant. So I'm here to say you can do this. So let's get to a place where you're making a consistent $5,000 in revenue doing something that feels really good. That just like makes your heart feel like, yes. And then when you're at $5,000, we'll go from there. So let's dive in to these five steps. So the very first step. Okay. And I promise you, I promise you, I know what you really want, right? We really all want to be hearing the answer to the question, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to do today. Okay. I promise I will, but I'm also going to answer the question of who you're supposed to be. And so we are going to start with that because that is number one. That has to be number one, shifting your energy. It's like Goldie Hawn does this program called mind up where she goes now and there's curriculum, they go into classrooms and they've done this study to find out that just like we have hygiene, just like you brush your teeth, the studies show this needs hygiene, this thing, your brain, right? You're walking around instead of like cleaning it, scrubbing it out, like taking all that stuff that's really, really not helping you, not serving you. We're just kind of sucking that in like your mouth is on the back of an exhaust pipe and you're just like breathing it in all the time and it is affecting you on a cellular level it's affecting you on a biological level it's literally affecting your health your well-being and we just don't have this awareness that like that's gotta be numero uno right you gotta wake up and know that that default setting and like let's just go through the day with whatever whatever's coming up not gonna be helpful okay So what do we need to shift? Let's talk about this in relationship now to making money, okay, for a second. So what is the initial thought? Let's just be honest. So 
What is the initial thought that comes up? If I say to you, you're going to make $5,000. I want you to tell me truthfully, if you ask yourself that question, do I believe I can make $5,000 a month doing this, whatever this sort of like, it's in like a little heart emoji dream box thing I want to do. Well, you guys are saying hell yes. So I love that. And the second question is, do I believe that I can make $5,000 a month? Like now, like within the next eight weeks and you're saying hell yes. And I love that. And I think you're saying hell yes, because we right now, like I am like casting a certain vibe and you are drinking it in and you just feel it. And there's an allowing of it. And it feels so good. And it's just like, yeah. Right. But if you are not sitting here with me, what is that thought? When you ask yourself that question, what was that thought two weeks ago? What was that thought six Mondays ago? Is the answer like, yes, or is the answer, I'm not sure, or I don't know if I can make it in the next eight weeks. Or if I'm being honest, I would tell my friend, no, I I wouldn't wager that I could make that money in the next eight weeks. What's the answer? Not sure how. Yeah. Or sounds like a stretch. Don't know. It's hard. Yeah. I think that that's, look, the bottom line is if the answer was yes, right, then so it would be, right? But if it's not, then there must be some, some resistance to that on some level. So most people will say yes. You know, if I say to you, do you feel like you can make $5,000, $20,000, $100,000, $500,000, a $1 million, we will be like, yeah, I can. And if I say, great, can you do that in the next three months? They will hear immediately no. And then whatever they say, that's, that depends on like, you know, how brave they are right in the moment. But the initial thought is like, no, I don't think I can do it in the next few months. Right. So, so why is that? And it has to do with the beliefs that we embody. Okay. So let's just look at that for one second. And again, I promise you're going to leave here with some like juicy understanding of things that you're going to start to try to do to sell what it is that you are offering. But before we do that, what is that story? What comes up if I say you're going to make this in the next eight weeks? What, what would be the hesitation? What is your mind telling you? You don't have time. I don't know what to offer. It's not possible for someone like me. Where can I find followers? There's no hesitation. All right. Well, Colleen is a genius at this, by the way. So Colleen, I want to pause for a second. What's coming up for you as you're reading these answers? It's again, it echoes back to exactly what you said, Kathy, where we give ourselves the permission a lot of the times to dream or to tap into possibility, but it's as though we always keep it out there and we don't realize how much accessing that dream life, number one, is truly available. And number two, that getting it means all of that resistance that's coming up for us and all of those reasons and all of those stories, that's actually the narrative that's keeping us from that space. And we often don't want to look at that or we don't want to go into the discomfort or lean into what facing, working through, doing, shifting. Like Kathy says, it takes some work. It takes some effort. It takes time to brush your teeth. It takes time to kind of work on your mindset. We have to do that part if we're actually going to get where we want to get. 
or we'll get so discouraged and frustrated that nothing's changing because we can't create from the same state of being. We have to shift it first. Yeah, we have to shift it first. So take them through that next question about the evidence. Yeah, so we know right now we've talked about, okay, what's some of the stories you're telling yourself? What's the reasons you have about why you're not where you are? But what happens if you take a moment and you look out there and you go, okay, who is earning 5K a month? What evidence do I have that people are doing it in any field, in my field, offering something similar to what I'm offering? Who's out there living their passion and making consistent 5K months or even beyond that? We always find a way of confirming what we believe, right? And so we'll see things and then what will often happen is we'll look at these other people and then we'll want to come up with a story about why they get to have it and we don't have it. And that's part of the process too, is starting to have that awareness of, oh, I have a story that I tell myself about why I don't have it. And I also have this story that I tell myself about why other people get to have it and I don't. And both of those pieces are so equally important to look at and unpack when you're starting to understand what are those beliefs that you're creating your world from right now. Yeah, this is so juicy. And I saw a question, you know, Kathy, how did you shift that for yourself? Well, I think that we just inherently don't really get what money is. Okay. Earning money really, we think is a lot about us. And really when people spend money, it's really about them. That's an important shift and people love to spend money and money itself is the exchange of energy. That really is what money is. And money really is pieces of paper, okay? But we we could have used something else, right? I mean, we could have had things that look like this. I mean, this is the bottom of a cute little um, hourglass that I have. We could have had hourglasses. The reason I'm saying it in a silly way is because we've made money something that it isn't. Money is just a means of telling a story. So when you, when you go to Chuck E. Cheese and you win the skee-ball, Instead of getting money, you get tickets, but the tickets have a value, right? And that value gets exchanged for something of equal value, okay? So look what we've done with money. We've made money the root of all evil. We've made money something that only greedy people have. We've made money a weapon. We've made money all these things. It's literally the equivalent of those tickets you get at Chuck E. Cheese that you you can then use to trade in for something of equal value. It's a story, we needed something. So we just printed paper, made it green, put president's faces on it and gave different value numbers to different pieces of paper. But it really isn't about this paper. This paper doesn't do anything to you. It doesn't have any power. It's just pieces of paper, right? And then when you really stand back, you get that and you're like, yeah, what am I doing with this green piece of paper? Like it's literally, it really, that's all that it is, okay? So it's used as a tool for energy to be exchanged and people exchange energy all day long. That's really all that we are doing. Okay. And so you do that with friends, you know, you'll do someone a favor and next thing you know, she kind of just offers to do something for you, or you just feel that that something 
is transmitted between the two of you. Um, and we do that with love. Okay. And we do that with water. I mean, we do that with look how um, cities are, are powered and, and things get created through resources that, that all really have some version of energy. That's just kind of flowing, right? Energy flows and it just makes things move. And so we have to kind of get that because when you get that, you realize that people are looking to exchange that energy for energy that they value plain and simple. So there are people all day long who are looking for something that's going to make them feel good. And depending on the stories that they're being shown and told and the worlds that get creative, but the energy that comes, whether it's a brand or somebody's event, whatever the world is that we are creating, we exchange that with other people for money and people want to just be in that world. Think about, we, we talk about this brand a lot just because it's one of the most famous brands in the world. But if you think about Coca-Cola or Apple, think about the world of Coca-Cola, the world of Apple. Think about the world of Louis Vuitton. Think about the world that's created in the energy, right? And the way that it all kind of comes together and then people want they want that energetic. They want that point of attraction. They want to exchange to just feel that feeling, to, to digest that. And that really is a lot, about, a lot about where they're at. But this is happening all day long. And what's also true about money is that the more money is spent, the more money there is, right? So we tend to think that there's something that keeps getting taken or depleted when it's actually the opposite right? If somebody spends money on this local business, then this local business owner spends money somewhere else. Do you see that? Right? If somebody spends more money, if somebody sells more things, more money gets created for people to manufacture those things. And then for those people to make the money, manufacture those things, and then spend more money doing more things. So the more money you spend, the more money you make, the more money gets created, the more money everybody else makes. So the more abundance that you plug into, that you give, that you receive, the more money you just created, the more abundance you just created for everybody around you. And it's not about you having to earn this right to receive from somebody else. When people buy something, it's about what they're deciding about themselves, what they have decided feels good what they have decided that they want to lift themselves up today. And so we do a lot of this where we take ourselves out of the flow of being a part of this. And we'll, we'll have a story about it somehow. Like, no, I, I would love to have, you know, a lot of electricity in my house. That, that's fine. Nobody ever talks about how the more electricity you have, the worse of a person you are. So I'm, I'm fine with all kinds of electricity. I'm fine with like the best Wi-Fi there is. But I don't know how I feel if somebody gives me money. I don't know what that means about me if I ask for it. I don't know if what it means about me if I actually even create a space to receive that. What would that mean about me? And it's just kind of like, well, I don't even get what that is. Like, what is that story that's just so far from what money really is? So money is a neutral tool. And like it says in the Talmud, if there are roses growing in a garden, or weeds growing in a garden and rain falls, whatever the rain falls off upon, more of it will grow. 
And so if you give more of an energetic to something, that thing gets more energy. So if somebody inherently has a, a, an, an intention that's not pure and they have more means to be more of that, they might be more of that. But if somebody has an intention to do good, I have a feeling that you'll see over you know, the course of our lifetimes that the $300 billion that Elon Musk has now become a custodian of will continue to be used in ways that will probably do a lot of good for the world because at the core, there is something very beautiful about the questions he's asking and what he wants to do. And not only without $300 billion, uh, ask better questions and fuel better research, but oh my gosh, how much abundance will he create for all of the people who are a part of getting to just help answer the questions he's trying to answer. And so you can find evidence of people who are selling things who you don't like, because you can find examples of people who are breathing oxygen, who you don't like. You can find examples of people who have the best Wi-Fi signal and use their social media as a tool to create negativity in the world. And you can find people who have really good bandwidth. <laughs> they have the good plan, right? They have a good data and they use their social media to put really beautiful things in the world. But it's not the social media that's inherently evil. It's how we use it. And money is not inherently evil. It's literally a story of value put on pieces of paper and it gets exchanged. And because it is a resource like water, like oxygen, like electricity, it's so powerful because when we have resources that can bring life to us, that can help provide electricity and all of the things that resources can do, you don't get very far if you don't have a lot of clean water. You don't get very far if you just have enough air. You need plenty of air. You need plenty of water. You need plenty of money. And when you have those things, you get to create so much more, so much more magic in the world because you have more than enough of the resources that you need. And there is nothing in nature, whether it is a palm tree or a little squirrel, that isn't designed to thrive and flourish to its greatest potential. And so the way the ecosystem of the world is designed is that every tree in the Amazon, every little bluebird has been provided for all the abundance around them so that they can, right? So that they can fly to the highest of heights so that they can be the tallest redwood tree. And they don't struggle with that, but we do. Human beings get in our own way and say, let me decide to put a wrench in something that is really natural and say, who am I to have all of the things I need to flourish? Shouldn't I just have enough so that I can't flourish, but I could just get by because who am I to really flourish? And then what would that take from somebody else? It's the opposite. If you could fully thrive, if every single one of us had that clarity and could create the expansion and the space so that we could wake up and turn our engines on all the way like Elon Musk is doing and say, 
oh, what would be all the questions I would ask? What would be all the ways I would want to use this? What, what could we do to move the future forward? What could we do? Oh my gosh. Like we have so much within us. Okay. So much within us. I went to a tour of school yesterday for my kids and they just did, it's been 11 years, but 11 years ago, the school did a program where they worked with USC to create what they say is a gifted education for every child, because they said you shouldn't have to have 125 IQ or more to have a gifted education because every child deserves a gifted education. Because when you get into that state where you get asked to completely take things apart and look at them completely differently, you're going to come up with amazing answers. You're going to just go into this place where nothing is limited, where everything's on the table, right? Well, why do we do this with money? Why do we decide At the most fundamental level, we have decided that there is a certain amount of money. And when you go past a certain amount, you're questioning your integrity. When you go past a certain amount of even opening up to letting people pay you a certain way, all of a sudden your integrity is on the line. All of a sudden there's a question about whether or not you're doing something duplicitous to somebody on the other side that doesn't make any sense, right? It's like the wrong questions to even ask. It's, it's like creating drama for no reason. And that's why it's there because we have such an upper limit. And so we feel safer creating drama exactly for no reason. Our most vulnerable state as a human being is swimming in pure joy. Because when we do, we let go of our brain's tendency to worry and be concerned and trying to predict and trying to stay in certainty. And when we start to feel joy, we start to feel fear. And so there is a natural tendency to create drama. We just kind of get addicted to it. What if you could just let that go and really just like zoom out, take a drone view look at life, at the world, at abundance, at how inherently abundant the world is, okay? And now what, right? Now, how can we proceed? And really the question then is how do we allow for the holding of more expansion? How do we create a portal, an opening where we can receive? And when we receive, we could have a knowing that everything we receive gets metabolized in order to then just be given away. That everything comes through and goes out like blood in the body. It keeps moving. It does not stop. If it does, we have problems. So what if all of us are part of an ecosystem where there is just this one collective and in order for everything to work with magic, it gets received and then it gets given away. And that is how we are all. And then when you look, when you really look at life, when you really look at people who do incredible things with whatever resources they have, that is how it happens. The more that we receive, the more we give away and it feels so good to give it away. And then the more comes in. And so your, your job is really to get out of the way of receiving and to get out of the resistance and to make space for the allowing. 
I know that I am speaking in a language that we don't normally hear. What we hear is montages, narration, and photos, and pictures of Kim Kardashian and P. Diddy. We get taught a narrative, and we don't think it's affecting us. It's totally affecting us, and it's totally irrelevant from what you really want, what you desire, and what you actually are called forth to do. You're called forth to flourish like the tallest redwood tree, and you know it. So it's time to just make more space for that. We have so much good stuff to cover, but first, it's just a quick thanks to our sponsors. I can't believe it's already November, and even though I love sweater weather, my hair doesn't always feel the same way. Don't let the cold winter weather leave your locks dry and brittle. The leave-in conditioner from Way is your hydration hero this winter. It conditions, detangles, and leaves hair smooth, shiny, and manageable. It's color-safe and cruelty-free, and it's scented with North Bondi, which is a floral fragrance with notes of bergamot, violet, and white musk. My hair can get dry and frizzy when the weather changes, but using Way's conditioner has really helped keep it hydrated and nourished, and I love that it makes my hair so soft, I don't even have to worry about it getting tangled up anymore. I know it can be such a little thing, but when my hair looks and smells great, I really feel like I can do anything. I can be my best because I'm super charged up. I can take on the rest of the day. It's also great for reducing heat damage to your hair. So it's kind of the perfect solution for any kind of climate you're in. Discover a new way of life with cruelty, sulfate, and paraben, free hair care, body, and fragrance products from Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code DREAMJOB to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off the entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com code dream job. I 100% believe every human is born to create. Whether you last picked up a paintbrush yesterday or decades ago, you can explore your creativity and be inspired. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore and real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. They have classes for every skill level and it's super affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. I had so much fun taking a class on watercolor painting and I also really enjoyed their class called the Ultimate Self-Care Playbook, Discover and Nurture Your Centered Self, taught by hairstylist, podcaster, author, and queer eye star, Jonathan Van Ness. He helps you turn self-care into a sustainable practice for life and discover your true desires through mindfulness and mantras. The class also focuses on exploring your creativity and joy through a self-care planner. And it was really cool because students shared their artwork and their vision boards that they made with these exercises. I think it's so important for us to get in touch with this creative side of our souls and just let it run free. That exploration really is what makes us come alive and feel happy. So I'm glad that Jonathan and Skillshare are encouraging that practice. They also have classes in areas like web design, entrepreneurship, illustration, photography, so much more. So go check it out because you're bound to find something that you're going to like. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash dream job and get a one month free trial of premium membership. That's one month of a premium membership at Skillshare.com slash dream job. Colleen, this really is one of your, your biggest areas of expertise. So before we move into the next part, do you want to say anything about this? I think the simplest thing I want you all to remember is a starting point because it's like, how do I make these shifts, right? Like, how do we, how do we at our core shift that being? And honestly, the biggest thing to focus on is A, your awareness as you're moving through the day, but B, how you're feeling. It's like how Kathy started the entire call. If you can just focus as a starting point every single day and checking in, set an alarm if you need to, to remind yourself at first to check in, how am I feeling in this moment? How am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? What was I just thinking about? What am I actually doing in this moment? And be relentless in allowing yourself the permission 
to spend more time feeling good. And it sounds very, very simple, but that kind of approach to kind of start resetting your default way, we get very almost robotic how we go through our days. It's like we kind of disengage a bit and we just go through the motions a lot of the time. So bring that attention to the present in the moment and go, how am I feeling? Is this feeling good? If it's not feeling good, what the heck am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why do I think I should be doing this? And start looking at that. And what happens then if you start to give yourself the permission to go, I'm going to do this thing that feels amazing, even though I can't even see how I think it's supposed to get me to destination Z. It doesn't matter. Give yourself that opportunity to step into that vibe and then move from that space. Yeah. And a part of this is also the scarcity that we don't only believe our integrity or all of those things, which are, I mean, you you don't even realize subconsciously how all of that affects you. So that's why I went there first, but then the belief in how much scarcity there is. And boy, does that get passed down to the point where like, you just hold on. Like my husband's always like, you know, we, we pull up somewhere and he's like, Ooh, the valet is $9. You know what? And I go, you don't have to make that choice. You could have the valet. He's like, yeah, but I want to get dessert. And I'm like, Oh my God, you can have dessert and valet the car. And he's like, I know you're always like this. And I'm like, what is that? Like you can have both. (laughs) And, um, a friend of mine, Jerisha Hawk, I don't know if you guys follow her, but she's so smart and I love her coaching and she's going to come on the podcast soon. But she did a post on Instagram recently. She wrote uh, $500 colon. And then a quote, like what your client says, I'm really struggling with this. I thought I was going to get this. I need your help. Why is this not like this and whatever? And, you know, tell me more about how this offer, you know, it was like all in quotes. And then it says $5,000 quote or yeah, $500. And then it says, no, $50,000. And then it was a colon and it said, just sent the money. So happy with it. Right. She was basically saying that there's two customers in the world. Okay. There's customers, let's say in her world, because she's in the coaching space, who are just going to go into it, you know, $500, a $500 coaching package. And it's like, it's, there's, there's stress, like this exists, right? She's just kind of like showing you examples of what, what is out there in terms of the kinds of buyers. And then she was saying, and then there's buyers who like, she says it's 50 grand, you know, I'll work with you for six months. And it's like, money's on the way, couldn't be happier. Okay. So we've decided we've made a decision about the likes of 8 billion people. Like we've made decisions. Like we're like, oh, there's no money. Nobody would buy for me. No one would spend $800 on these shoes. Nobody would buy a program for me for $7,000. What is that? What really is that? And most people will say, well, it's just the truth. And I'm like, great. So keep looking for evidence of that. You'll find it. Meanwhile, Candace Nelson is selling, she's selling cupcakes that are $7 a piece. And people are saying, well, there's 75 cents at the grocery store. And she's saying, that's true. Go get one. And Howard Schultz is saying, I decided to sell a, co- a cup of coffee for $6. And people are like, you can get one at 7-Eleven for, for 45 cents. And he's like, that's true. And there's 35,000 Starbucks in the world, 35,000 Starbucks There's lines around the block. What are we doing? Right? We're making up decisions. We're in God's business. 
and we are definitely not looking at reality. Now this is juicy. Scarcity turns out it's not reality. And the fact that that thought comes up, you've got to check that thought. There are people right now who are the best, most fun people for you to serve. They are the easiest clients. They are happy and they are in a place where they, they want to spend more and they're going to feel a little confused if the thing that you're offering them is less because it's not quite the story they want to tell themselves about what they want to spend because they want to exchange a certain amount of energy so that what they get back feels really like a like exchange. And so there are people right now who you will deny yourself to serve because you will have this belief in scarcity and you will hold it so close that you won't even allow yourself to call in the best customer, the best customer, right? Look around. I am so blessed and fortunate that we have a community of people. Do you know how many Facebook groups because of the work that I do over the last five years, how many courses, how many people have come through, how many groups and how much negativity do you see in those groups, right? There's a level of class. There's a level of goodness. There's a level that was definitely the person that I wanted to work with. And many of you will DM me and will say hello here and there. And I love you. And it's so easy to love you because you see it. It's easy for you to love each other. You're so supportive. You're so beautiful. You're so gracious. That exists for you. You just have to make that decision to say, hmm. it's like being at Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors. And you're like, it's as simple as saying like, I just want mint chocolate chip. You can have the vanilla. That's fine. That's there. But I want this kind. Okay. And that's it. And then that's that part comes up again, that upper limit, where instead of creating drama around it, you just let that just be simple. And you say, those are the people I want to serve. And those people will go, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I was really looking for that. <laughs> I really wasn't looking for like that cheapest possible solution. I was really looking for value and quality. And so I'm so glad that you came along. Okay. So all of that exists. And we're going to talk then about being visible and being consistent so that those people have a chance to see you waving to them and opening your palms, which is really your invitation to embrace them, to hold them close. And when you don't show up and wave and you don't open your palms and you don't invite them in, how can you expect them to just find you and pay you? You're not there. And it's time to be there. And it's time to want to be there. And it's time to let go of all of this heaviness and go just do good work in the world. So if you're thinking, oh, it's too hard or it's not going to happen. What if you change the thought to starting with a what if and just give a little bit of space in there and you say, what if making money from my offers gets to be easy? Hmm, how does that feel just to say what if? The next one, what if there are tons of people who can't wait to say yes? What if money flows freely to me as generously as I give and serve? 
How does that feel? How does that feel? What if there are tons of people who can't wait to say yes? Yeah. Okay. And then it's like, you know, the why is important. Why do you want to have $5,000 a month? Which really, I mean, we're just, that's an arbitrary number, but we're starting with that. Why? Right? What is it about that? How will that help you be a greater expression of yourself, which will then help you do more of this beautiful work in the world? That's the why. Why? Right? Why? Okay. Before we wrap this up, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Did you know feeding your dog with foods made from cricket protein uses less land and water to produce? And it drastically eliminates greenhouse gas emissions compared to the traditional animal protein dog food. Meet Jiminy's nutritious and sustainable food and treats for your dogs made with cricket protein and other delicious plant-based ingredients like sweet potatoes, oats, peanut butter, and flax. It's better for the environment. In fact, a five-ounce bag of Jiminy's treats saves 220 gallons of water versus traditional animal protein types. Plus, it supports better digestion for dogs because crickets contain fibers that serve as a microbiome food source and promote the growth of beneficial bacteria, also known as probiotics. This is also a great option for food-sensitive dogs with allergies, and veterinarians are already using Jiminy's and elimination diets to determine food allergies. Another reason to switch to Jiminy's is because they use safe and humane methods. Crickets are raised in cricket condos that mimic their environment in the natural world, and this also reduces the chance of common pathogens that plague the meat industry like E. coli, salmonella, staph, and listeria. I love Jiminy's mission. It's such a win-win for dogs, owners, and the planet. My friend says her dog can't get enough of Jiminy's, and she's noticed that it's helped a lot with his digestion, and she feels like she's being responsible dog owner and doing her part to support a company that makes products that are better for the environment. To learn more and save 20% on your first purchase, go to Jiminy's.com slash dream job and use code dream job 20 at checkout. That's J I M I N Y S.com slash dream job with code dream job 20. Okay. Let's talk about step two, which is getting clear on who you serve and your offer. Um, what do you think if you had to guess is the way that you want to serve How would you talk about your offer? And who do you think benefits from your offer? If you're just brainstorming here. And some of you don't have to guess because you already know what it is. Okay, so then we talk about the promise of the offer, right? How will your offer, how will the service, how will the product change somebody's life? What do they walk away with? What do they have afterwards? What's different? What's the shift? So they will be able to eat good things and share with family, balancing their gut. They'll be able to remember what they came here to do. They get clear on their purpose. That's really it. I asked Christy Wright at one point, what's the first thing you would encourage people to do if they wanted to make money? And she did not say, you know, work on your business plan or get 10,000 followers first on Instagram. She said, sell your first thing. Like get your first client. Now listen again, not make the logo, right? Not uh, develop the third and fourth parts of your program before you even, you know, show up, not do a, a 90 slide presentation and make sure that's done. Just go do the sale, go do it. Now you're going to say, well, well, how do people do that? Unless they already have the logo and the branding and the 10,000 followers on Instagram and all that stuff. It's just like, Marketing is simply communicating. Sales is you telling one very clear story to one other person. That's what a sale is. So at the end of the day, you can do that right now. You would need to do what we're talking about. 
How do you very simply, very simply with no frills communicate that you have a promise for this person that this person wants? That's it. And why is that something available to all of you, whether you have a product or a service or a class or a retreat, because you can pre-sell anything and then you can go make it, right? You could pre-sell. And by the way, you should pre-sell things all of the time, but you can get a sense, right? If you had an Etsy shop before you go invest and spend $20,000 in making widgets or whatever product, you could probably just put a photo, a prototype of it up, right? Talk to a few human beings and see if people buy this thing. And then you can go print those things. You can go make manufacture those things, right? In fact, that is how business happens all of the time. They don't just go make 100,000 Teslas. You know, they talk about the Tesla. In fact, before you could even test drive it or buy it and actually sit in it, you had to pay for it. Do you remember that? Like you had to say, I want that thing. And I got on a list based upon the story that I was told and pictures and the idea of it. And I bought it. Okay. So that happens all the time. Same thing if you're about to teach a class. Okay. Now, can you do both? Well, you can kind of do this as a little bit of a dance. You can do a little bit and then how do you like these brownies? Take a taste. What do you think? Oh, 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 oh. I'm glad I didn't make 40 of these because they actually like the cinnamon ones better. I'm going to take the cinnamon and, and, and go with that instead. I'm going to take the pumpkin flavor out of the next batch and the next batch. But the point is we talk about being in the invitation. And if you look, these are the questions that we hear all the time. So we ask, what is it about inviting people to your offer that scares the hell out of you? And I swear, if I had to stop everything else that we teach and pick one thing where everyone gets stuck, it's this right here. Stepping forward and inviting people to your offer. And people will be so uncomfortable about it that they won't even admit that. So they'll just be like, no, 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 no. The problem is I can't figure out the tech. The problem is this other thing over here. And it's like, I think it's this part. I think it's something that comes up that is so threatening about that very simple thing that I just said, which is that marketing is communicating one story to one person. And then you get better at it. You build an empire from that. But every empire started with one person telling that to one person. That's how it starts. So the questions here are, are you worried people will think like this is a waste of time? Are you worried people won't experience the transformation? Do you think there are better choices out there besides your offer? Do you doubt whether people will say yes to the cost and invest with you? Are you worried that you're being pushy if you shout it, if you shout it out and talk about your offer from the rooftops? What's really here? when we're talking about that. How many of you heard two Mondays ago, we had Takti's on my podcast. She's just a listener of the show. She was in the Quitters Club. She made $60,000 last year in net revenue from selling clothing that's being made in Pakistan that she just like sold here. She has 300 followers. Well, most of you have 300 followers. Like this is not, you know, groundbreaking. 
but she decided that it was time to make that invitation. And she, she deserves a lot of credit for that, you know, because it's scary. And she thought, oh, are people going to like me? She, she said, she goes, I didn't know if I was skinny enough. You know, you like think these like questions, you look at people when they say it out loud and you're like, oh my God, it's so silly that you would think that, but everybody thinks that, right? And she thought, oh, am I really supposed to be live or talking to people? You know, is it, and then there was COVID, but then it was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to love people. She said, I'm just going to love people. And people would come through her appointments and she would take them, whether it was on zoom during COVID or before, right. Actually, a lot of it was on zoom. And she said the average appointment, she would show them like one article of clothing. They would wind up spending like $750. And she said, and I just loved each one of these people so much. And I said, oh, that's why they spent $700, you know? And she said, you know, Kathy, you know, it's so amazing. I'm now employing three women in Pakistan full time. And I was able to raise money for a school and I did a raffle for a scarf and sold, you know, $25 raffle tickets. And I'm really I'm talking to women in Afghanistan who can't leave the house right now. And I'm sending money over there and you don't know what you've done for me. I'm like, you don't know what you've done for me to take something that has very simple puzzle pieces and show us what's possible. But it's this part. Cause if this was playing in her head 24 seven, what are people going to think? I'm being pushy. They're not going to like it. I don't look the part, whatever it is. Well, she wouldn't have been able to affect all that change and she wouldn't be able to support her family the way she is right now. And I think next year she's going to triple those sales, right? You know, that's going to happen because it's like, that's the tipping point that Malcolm Gladwell writes about. So Colleen, what are you seeing um, that's consistent in the answers here? I think the biggest thing that just sort of leaps out to me, which really is the heart of it, is it all just comes down to what we're making it mean. And we're choosing that interpretation. We're choosing, and it's like we fight for it so hard that we're like, no, this is how it is. Like I wrote this offer out and it didn't work. And it's because no one likes me or I'm not good enough or I can't make this work. And we have to realize that we're, that's actually a choice that we look through that lens. Do you think anytime someone writes a book that they never go and edit that manuscript? Of course they do. How many iterations would it go through before it hits the shelves? It's the same thing when we make offers. It's the way we talk about them. The only way we can refine things and get better at them, figure out what does grab people, how do you like serving, is when you make those offers. But so often we just freeze up because if the first time we try something and it just doesn't work out amazingly well, we never want to do it again because it didn't feel good. But the reason it didn't feel good is because of what we're making it mean when it didn't go quite how we wanted it to go in that moment. Yeah. And you know what else we make mean that doesn't really mean what it means is we have this idea that if somebody rejects us or somebody's rude to us, that something, something's very wrong, like there's a problem, Right. It's not really a problem that that happens. The problem is thinking it's a problem. People do that all the time. And as you go through your life, that's just kind of part of it, right? Like you'll walk into your friend's dinner 
and you're all excited and you're like excited to meet all the people at the, at the meal. And you can just tell there's a couple of girls who have like that resting bitch face. You know what I mean? And you're like, Oh, I'm not going to be friends with this girl. Like, I don't know why I thought I would like connect with like, she told me about her and it's not happening. Right. People are in their own energetic. Okay. Let's give people the dignity to have agency over their life. Why are we responsible? Why are we so self-involved? Why is it about me all of the time? Why can't we just let there be a river, right? We've got our current and everybody else is in their own little river, right? And sometimes it really is like in sync and sometimes it's not, but, but it's all about me right? The reason that this person was rude to me or commented something nasty to me like that. Wow. Wow. I'm really powerful. Like I'm in charge of how they projected a story onto me. I'm in charge of the fact that they would decided to say something that rude. Like think about it. Would you say something that rude? But like, no, but that's about you, right? That's how horrible you are that you take the credit for what they said. And it's the same thing if someone's really kind to you, is that really all about you? Or is that person really generous. And that person saw something beautiful in you because it's something that's inside of them. And so they went, oh, we're on that same wavelength. That's so cool. I see you. And you're like, oh, how nice to be in your energy. That's all a freaking hologram. Everyone's walking around in their own projection constantly. And you're like, how could I ever put it out there? People, it's like, of course, (laughs) like it's not a problem if people reject you right? Because it really isn't about you. It's really not. And if people love you and they put you on a pedestal, is that really all about you? How about how ready they are for someone to come along? How about everything they did up till then that when you walked in, they went, I could hear it. How about the goodness in who they are that they see bouncing off of them, their own reflection they see in you and they love being around you and they think it's you, but it's really them. Right. And so then you just get to share it together. And I'll tell you this, when you are successful, there's going to be more people. So there'll be more people who are getting it and seeing themselves. And there'll be more people who have yucky stuff to say. And it's also true that victims Boy, do they need villains. God, do they need villains, right? And it's also true if you watch a football game that when you've got the ball, people are coming for you. People want the ball, right? And that's kind of like a natural low vibe tendency in people when they haven't really tapped into their own genius. They think that they need to be jealous of other people. So they'll come at you. What if we just let them have that? Because it's okay. Because it's designed this way. Oh my God, how could you literally just change your whole life today if you said, it's okay, it's okay, it's not about me. You can reject me, you can, you can do that, that's part of what happens. And it's really not a problem, but it's a problem if I think it is, okay? You're gonna put your offers in the world and there are gonna be people who just don't like you. And there are gonna be people who go, ew, I can't believe that you would even attempt to start a business. And you're gonna be like, that's okay. (laughs) I'm gonna give you a hug because I expected you here. I knew you'd be here. And there's gonna be people who go, oh my God, I'm so inspired by you. That's so incredible. You're such a doll. I'll take three of those. And you're gonna be like, I knew you'd be here too. Thank you. 
my God. And then you can literally be free and you can just show up in the world. Okay. And you can just kind of like bounce off of all of this stuff without making all of it mean so much more than it actually means. And you can be busy. Meanwhile, iterating and getting better, right? Bobby Brown started with eight lipstick colors. She created an empire, eight lipsticks. She didn't know she would have a blush and a foundation and like all of this other stuff. And now she, you know, starting her new makeup line, anybody who did anything, I think Howard Schultz told me he, he thought he would have one little kiosk, one little shop. And then they would, it was like, a, it was like a walk-up. It was like, you know, you like open the window and you take an order like that was Starbucks. And then, I mean, it's just become something totally different now. Right. But you don't need to know that. And you can give yourself the grace to, to go through life and make invitations and offer value to people and love people all the way there. And then you can let it just be okay. We are so safe in our defenselessness. My friend Susie Moore told me that she was talking to a friend about Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer is like her favorite. Of course he passed away, but there was a woman who came to one of his book signings and she stood up and she said to him, I've read all your books and you're full of it and you're boring. And he said in front of the crowd, oh my God, you don't know the half of it. I am so boring. And you really want to know how full of it I am? You should talk to my, my wife. And you should talk to my ex-wife too. I'm so full. You, you have so much fun with them. That was it. <laughs> it was like done. And it's the best, right? Let her have it. And on some level, of course, he's full of it. And her hologram and her perspective, it's okay with him. It's not a problem. It's fine. So this is where you're going to go. You're going to plug into this energy. Do you feel freedom in this energy? Do you feel some expansion? Do you feel that you can move now without feeling this like wiring? We wire our brains to protect us. So if there is a thought that you don't even see in your viewfinder that's subconscious, where you think you might do something and get rejected without even noticing it, you're going to sabotage yourself. Colleen, do you want to chime in about this? I think you just, and this is the part where it just comes back again and again and again to the awareness is you have to start by catching yourself, how you are making everything mean everything, how you are taking things personally in the moment, right? Your world will change when you start to actually realize, because we're not trying to do it. It's like, it happens automatically. So when you realize whether it's something as simple as your daughter getting out of bed in the morning or something more significant, like someone leaving a nasty comment on your Instagram feed or wherever it happens to be. I think the thing is when those moments happen, we feel like, oh my God, maybe it's true, right? What if that's actually true? What if I'm not this? What if I am this? What if I am that? And it's like Kathy says, you know, everyone's going to have their interpretation. Technically all truths are true. Everybody gets to have their truth. We don't have to battle it out and think that there's one truth that only exists. It's not true. So let them have theirs and let that be a moment for you to grow and know, oh, this is here for me to have this space to practice knowing I get to own what's right for me and someone else gets to own what's right for them. This is really probably the most significant part of this whole workshop. If there is something, you know, there's, we talk about how you take notes and you make notes. So you might want to take a note here and then make a note to maybe remind yourself of whatever one of these thoughts is giving you the most energy right now. This will change your whole life, by the way. And you know what it lets you do? 
it really gives you more of a capacity to love people because they're allowed to have their feelings. You know, they're allowed to have their feelings. And I feel that way. Like whenever I do anything, this workshop, if I do a, a bigger program, you know, thank God something's working. And we have a lot of people, the majority, the vast majority of people will leave the programs and say, gosh, that was really so helpful. Like I really, I really am feeling that there is a shift since doing this program. Like, thank God, like that's the point. And then if there are people who say, this bothered me or this is, and I'm like, I am going to let you have that. Right. And here's the thing you have agency. So if you chose to buy that trip to Costa Rica and it turned out you didn't love it or it didn't do what you thought it was going to do, that can be true. And at the same time, you can also still be responsible for having all the information you had and making that choice and having the, the response that you had based on who you were and whether or not it, it was the perfect fit for you or not. Right? Like, my husband and I went to Hawaii for our honeymoon and he failed <laughs> to tell me before we went to Hawaii that he can't swim. Can you imagine calling the, both the anxiety and the laughter? Okay. In Yiddish, you would say you're kachin from the laughter. That means you're laughing so hard. I so mad to the point where I laughed so hard because I booked excursions and all kinds of water activities from scuba days to snorkeling days to going in kayaks, hiking to waterfalls where the, you know, the drops are, couldn't participate. We went kayaking and there was 16 of us, right? Eight couples. We get in the kayak. He's asking for a life, life jacket. We're in this little Island off Kauai. The guy's like, I don't have a life jacket. He won't go in the thing. He's refusing to go. We're two hours from where we need to get back to. And I'm yelling at him until I'm like laughing. And I'm like, this was never going to go. Like, and he's like, you wanted to go. So I just said, well, just don't like, so we went to Hawaii and you couldn't do anything. It's like, I never learned to swim as it turns out. I go, but I've been with you in a pool. He's like, well, I was standing. I can't swim. Like you can't put me in a river. Oh, okay. So we had the worst time in Kauai. And we stayed at the St. Regis in Princeville. And I walked to the concierge on our third day and said to the one concierge, I need you to get me a ticket home. And I need you to tell me how I can get an annulment because I'm on my honeymoon and this man is insane. And I'm not going to deal with this for the rest of my life. And she goes, first of all, here's a box of tissues. This is what actually I do. You think I'm a concierge, but I talk to people on their honeymoons who are having the worst time. And then I just console you and it's fine. And this is what I've just been doing for 20 years at this hotel because it's such a honeymoon destination and people have such high expectations and then they argue and then she consoles them. So she's like, first of all, I get it. Second of all, let's talk it through. And anyway, we, it was hilarious. And I went up, I, I went back to the room and he was in the room that whole day watching Along Came Polly over and over and over again because there was nothing else and he won't spend money. So he wouldn't buy like an on-demand. So he just watched Along Came Polly, which is really interesting because at the time I was like, oh my God, that is so us. Like we were this very different energy together. The reason I'm bringing this up is because we were in the most beautiful hotel in one of the most, be literally you go outside for the breakfast and like 
the nectar, they give you this little nectar cup and you go like this and birds, like birds like you've never seen come to the table. And it's like, remember in Ace Ventura when he's like, oh, and there's all these like animals, but it's like Jurassic Park, absolutely gorgeous. We had the worst time. Well, that's our experience. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if you can't swim and you're really tight on cash and you've literally saved money for the last three years so that you could go on a trip and then you wind up fighting the whole time because you can't really mesh with the environment. I mean, it was horrible. Like we've never gone back to Hawaii and we live in LA. We're five hours from Hawaii because it was just like such a shadow, such a cloud (laughs) hanging over our life, that trip. What I'm saying is it's not that there's anything inherently like evil, right? And we didn't get refunds from all of those excursions because they have a certain amount of people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you get to show up in your integrity. You get to do your best and then you get to let people have their experience. And there will be people who are like, I wound up hating it. And I'm so, and you're like, and just do your best to like allow them to have their experience and you can take feedback, right? If 14 people say, I don't get it. Like I went on the excursion with you, but like you didn't even bring snack bars and you didn't tell us to bring snack bars and we were out for 12 hours. You're like, okay, that is coming back over and over from now on. If I do this excursion and this is what I'm selling, I either bring the snack bars or I tell everybody to pack a lunch because I made a mistake, right? That's part of being in business. You're constantly going to beta. You're constantly going to improve it. You have to, that is the promise you make to the people you serve is that you are going to be eyes wide open, doing your best to constantly, constantly improve. And then you're also going to let people have everything that they've had going on up until the moment that they purchase something with you, let them have all of their stuff. And you're going to be okay with it. When some people are like, you know, I just decided to write a review of your podcast. It's like the worst thing ever. I just had to take a second. I had to take a second out of my day to tell you that you don't even deserve to have a podcast. It's so terrible. There are people like that who write that for my show. And I'm just like, my God, it's it's fascinating. It's like, who are these people? Let them have it. So I hope that this was helpful and built more awareness around what is it that you're telling yourself about money? And maybe there's some breakthrough here. Maybe there's a shift. Here are the takeaways. Number one, it starts with who you're supposed to be. Shift your energy. Number two, money is the exchange of energy. It's just a means of telling a story. Number three, the more abundance you plug into, you give and you receive, the more money and abundance you create for everyone around you. Your job is to get out of the way and make room for allowing. Number four, you're called forth to flourish. It's time to make more space for that. Number five, instead of thinking it's too hard, it's not going to happen, start with asking, what if? What if making money gets to be easy? What if there are tons of people who can't wait to say yes? What if money flows freely to me as generously as I give and I serve? Number six, marketing is communicating. Sales is you telling one very clear story to one other person. Number seven, it's not a problem that rejection happens. It's a problem when you think it's not supposed to happen. It's a problem when you think it's a problem. Number eight, you get to show up in your own integrity. You get to do your best and just let people have their experience. Thank you so much for listening. I know you have so many things to do. And so it really always means so much that you're here and spending time with me. We're going to release part two of this very soon. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. There's so many other good episodes coming up. And don't forget, I'm doing a workshop this coming Thursday, the Happiness Habit Workshop, Thursday, November 4th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash happy. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. It starts as a whisper. 
When it gets too hard 